0: <laughs> All right, good morning, everyone. Good morning. Well, pretty good-looking crowd for Sunday morning. Glad to see you out in the house of the Lord. And uh, it has been a good week, and we certainly appreciate what the Lord has done in our hearts and uh, how he's worked in our lives in these days. And I trust that um, as you leave this morning in uh, this final service of this mission endeavor, um, that uh, you'll also say that the Lord's helped us. Amen. And that he's done something in your heart. And that he's showed you something and revealed some things to you. And that would be a great blessing. Amen. I want to remind you about our three C's and see how we're doing as we come along with that process. I told you on Wednesday night that this mission meeting should do at least three things. One we ought to celebrate. And we're celebrating the mission partnership that you have with ten missionary families around the world. They're represented on the board back in the fellowship hall. And if you do not know those families, then I would encourage you to um, read those letters, look at those prayer cards. If you don't have those prayer cards personally, then uh, grab one of those prayer cards and take them with you. Um, they are there for a purpose, and that is to reflect or remind you about the families that um, you are uh, partnering with and you have an opportunity to pray for. And then over time, you'll gain other missionary cards, whether or not you financially partner with them you can certainly be a prayer partner with them. And so if you've not done so yet, make sure you pick up one of the White's cards. Make sure you pick up one of the Albertson cards. Our family has some cards laying down here on the communion table. And so I'd encourage you to pick up one of those and uh, take it with you. do not ever forget, um, I was uh, um, I was preaching in uh, Somerville. I guess it would have been Lafette, Georgia Calvary Baptist Church. And that's a big, long, what we call back home, a shotgun church. You know, it's sort of narrow, but it's deep. And so it's a pretty good, lengthy church, and somebody that you guys will know. Um, but but Bud Wilkerson was there that night. He was sitting about three-quarters of the way back. Brother Bud was, um, at that time, probably 75. And uh, he liked to aggravate me relentlessly. And so it was the last night of the meeting, and I was encouraging people to take one of our prayer cards And I made a comment like I might do sometimes and I said, you know, if you don't have other needs for it, perhaps you can put it in your corn patch and it'll keep the, you know, it'll keep the squirrels and the crows out. Well, I just watched Bud Wilkerson start to snigger and uh, I said, well, brother Bud, you thought it. You might as well say it. That's probably not the thing you ought to say to Bud Wilkerson. And so from the back of the church, he said, take one of those prayer cards and put it in your corn patch and the squirrels that stole corn last year will bring it back with interest. (laughs) so i'm not sure they're quite that bad but pick up a prayer card amen and uh, take those with you so I, i had jotted down earlier these 10 missionary families that you partner with and that you're um that you financially partner with on a monthly basis um you have the aaron wilson family and they are in the country of albania actually they're home right now on a time of furlough i guess And then you have the Timothy Ojo family, and they are national missionaries in the country of Nigeria. Jody Hodnett and his family serve in the country of Scotland in a little place called Dumfries. And then you have Don and Patsy Drake, and they are in military ministry based in Spain at the present moment. The Caleb Taft family, they are in the country of Uganda Um, Jordan and Sarah Myers, and they are um, looking toward the western United States in church planning. And then you have the Stillwaters Christian Boarding School. They were here on Friday night and had seven of the young men with them that they serve, and they're somewhere over in Mississippi. Um, Troy White and his family are down in the country of Mexico. Bill and Sherry Williams are also in the country of Mexico And then John Williams and his family are in the country of Panama. So that's the 10 families that you are presently partnering with. And I encouraged you the other night, look at those letters, celebrate their victories, celebrate the souls they're winning, celebrate things that God has answered in their lives. While you're there, pick up their prayer needs and remember to ask the Lord to meet those particular needs in their lives. Your missionaries need much prayer. Uh, there's there's prayer for protections and prayer for efficiencies and and uh, prayers for open doors and prayers for peace in the midst of trouble and 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 uh, adjustments to climates and cultures and language barriers and food and all of those things that your missionaries have to contend with and uh, I encourage you to be prayerful be very very prayerful so we're celebrating our partnership with those missionaries number 2 we're conferring, and that's the families that are represented in this place this morning, um, the Whites and the Alversons in particular, and their particular fields of service, Japan and Scotland. Their boards are set up. Um, Brother Chris's board's here, and Brother Howard's board's just past that door. So take a moment today at the end of the service or between the Sunday school and service hour and uh, go look at those boards and take a look at their their presentation materials and You'll see they've got coins and, and, and pictures on the, um, on the dynamic frame there and, and then things that Brother Alverson, and his family have as well. But look at those pictures, look at their, their, their memorabilia, I guess for lack of a better word. And, uh, and let the Lord speak to your heart about the field that God has placed them in and this family. I, I, I want to encourage you not only to memorize your missionary families, but mission, remember their names, remember their wives' names, remember their, Children's names, I think that's of great importance. So we're conferring with these families to see how we might be of assistance to them, at least to pray for them as they go about the business of starting a New Testament church in the field that God has called them to. The last thing we talked about is commitment. And uh, that's kind of where we are, isn't it? It's commitment time. It's time for us to, to, to step up as we have listened to what the Holy Ghost has said to us. And began that new, renewed, fresh commitment as far as missions is concerned. How much is your family going to give? And here at uh, Lighthouse, uh, you receive a mission offering on the first Sunday night. First Sunday morning, you don't do Sunday night. All right, so first Sunday morning of every month, there is a, a, a separate passing of the plate. And that gives you an opportunity to put in your monthly mission commitment or your Weekly mission commitment that you've laid aside, and uh, and Paul encouraged us to do that. He talked about laying aside in store um, on the first day of the week, so there'd be no gathering when he came. That's not tithing; that has to do with mission giving, and so uh, and special offerings. And so um, you have that opportunity on first Sunday to to put your mission commitment into there. And if you do not do it then, or you're not here then, or it's more convenient. For you to put it in more frequently or at another time the church has envelopes and you know where those um, offering envelopes are. A little box on there to check off for missions and then the treasurer knows which pot, so to speak, those funds get put into so that the work can continue in this matter of New Testament mission. So commitment time. What has the Lord spoke to your heart about in these days? We've had good altar response. The Lord's been doing a work in our hearts and lives What's he spoke to you about? Well, I hope that he spoke to you about giving, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that here in the Sunday school hour and also in the 11 o'clock hour. But I hope he spoke to you about giving, and and we really wish we didn't have to talk about the giving, but that really is the oil, if you will, that allows the, the wheels of missions to continue. These men just can't do what they need to go do without resources and funds. ...to enable them to do that. I know in our own ministry there have been times when there were doors open and, and 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 yet there was no resources supplied. And somebody said, well, that's not the Lord's will. I'm not so sure about that. I mean, it might have been the Lord's will for me to go through those doors... ...but somebody else didn't find the Lord's will when it came to praying and giving and doing the things they need to do. And so there's, there's, there's multiple components in that thing um, that all need to work together... And so, and so I hope that the Lord is speaking to you about an amount that He wants you and your family to give toward New Testament missions here at Lighthouse Baptist Church over the next year and forward. Uh, but there's more to it than just committing to give. We, we ought to be committed to pray. Um, we ought to be pr- committed to communicate with our missionaries. We ought to be committed to be a witness for Christ. And then, as I told you on, uh, I don't know, Thursday or Friday nights, Sooner or later, we ought to be committed to go. Amen. And, and, and some of you, <laughs> you know, there, there's almost an anxiety attack that takes place and I expect somebody to hyperventilate. I better start carrying brown paper bags with me when I talk like that. Um, I get it. Everybody's not going to go overseas. All right. Everybody's not going to go south of the border or um, get on an airplane and go on the other side of the world. I struggle to understand why you wouldn't do that. <laughs> okay. But I've also preached in twenty countries, and so um, I'm, I'm I'm fairly well traveled. All right, and and um, I, my family's fairly well traveled. And I know some people feel uncomfortable when they leave the country and go to certain places. And I've seen my own share of of uh, difficulties, and I've seen my own share of dangers, um, both natural dangers. I could tell you a story about being about eighteen foot from a red spitting cobra in the wild. That's not a comfortable feeling. They're deadly at 18 feet. It was about 11 o'clock at night and very dark. Um, in Kenya, I could tell you about almost getting washed away in a flash flood in Costa Rica. Uh, the mystery was trying to save his truck that went dead. Turned out he had no gas in it, but it went dead. In the middle of floodwaters, we were about to ford a creek that was rising rapidly, and it had about as much distance from me to that door before it took a 30-foot plunge. <laughs> I wasn't feeling very happy about that or confident in that, but the Lord, I tell you, when I stepped out of the truck, I had on cowboy boots and the water went over the top of my boots. So we were in, we were in pretty deep water and it was rushing rapidly. Or I could tell you about getting caught in a war. In uh, 2004, we were in the country of the Ivory Coast of Africa and a war broke out while we were there. We had to be evacuated. We ended up on a, a, a Spanish evacuation flight going back into Madrid. That's all right. I rode out with their ambassador on the king's plane. So God knows what he's doing. I can tell you about that sometime. I don't have time tonight or today. But uh, nevertheless, despite all those dangers, there's great opportunity. And I know some are never going to get on a plane go overseas, although there's opportunity. And I, I encourage you to think about going in multiple ways. One, maybe a week or two as you just go visit a missionary and get involved in their ministry. Um, letterboxing, we talked about hanging door knocker bags, um, helping with a Bible school program or getting involved in a a building project over at the boys' home in Mississippi. There's all kinds of things along those nature, um, even domestically, that can take place. Um, Some of you, especially our younger families and younger couples and, and, and teenagers and singles, might ought to pray about a little longer stay. That might mean, you know, that you ought to pray about Um, a three-month tenure or a six-month tenure. Sometimes we call those internships. But, um, you know, especially if the Lord is nudging your heart toward missions and you're just not settled on it yet, maybe you don't have peace about it, but you feel there's a little something in there, that's a good opportunity, amen? And go spend some time with a missionary family. There's different families that are more equipped than others to be able to accommodate you in that regard. And then ultimately... There's the matter of going as a missionary, I, and I, I recognize Doctor Blue used to say that all a missionary is is somebody going somewhere else to tell somebody else about Jesus. And uh, I'd say that's true, but we also understand we label that title missionary uh, on those individuals that leave where they are, and that's how I define the missionary and go somewhere else to establish a church and and or involve themselves in some other element of ministry related to church establishment and planning so um, you ought to be thinking about praying about and I trust the Lord speaking to you about your personal commitment in this matter of New Testament missions all right so I want to take just maybe um, eight or ten minutes of the Sunday school hour and I want to I want to share if I can find my notes that I seemingly have now lost but I want to share with you there it is I want to share with you um, a thought just real quickly, and we'll turn to a couple of quick scriptures, but we're going to have to rapidly run through them about missions and just a couple of thoughts that you might consider as you look at missions. While you're finding the first reference, um, let's let's just go to 2 Corinthians 10. 2 Corinthians chapter number 10, we'll start there. Um, Dr. Dan Truax was a missionary to the continent of Africa, I honestly do not know which country, but the continent of Africa, uh, I understand in the late 40s and early 50s. um, He eventually came home from Africa and was an instructor. I have even been told he's still living, but I have not documented that, Um, but that Dr. Truax taught at Tabernacle uh, Bible College in Greenville, South Carolina. They said if you took Dr. Um, Truax's, missions class you might better look out because he had a real strong tendency to call me to Africa <laughs> he had a philosophy he said God calls everybody just lets a few stay home <laughs> and uh don't go because Dr. Truax calls you or Jamie Burke calls you or Dwayne Moore calls you. you better go because God calls you and I don't mean that literally that Dr. Truax called him but he did put the pressure on him and uh, Dr. Truax took a um a, a several well, I guess there's 25 in this little booklet he took several songs, hymns of the church, and he modified the words to those hymns and gave them mission themes. And uh, I, I, they always speak to my heart every time I read them. And so I thought I'd give you one, maybe in the 11 o'clock I'll give you another one. Um, you can actually sing them just the way I'll, I'll read them to you if you follow the tune of the original hymn. But this one was to the tune of Amazing Grace, and Truax called the song, I'll Give Myself. And this is what it said. It said, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound to those who love the Lord. But what of those who still are bound and do not have his word? The many dangers, toils, and snares through which we daily go are nothing much when they compare with what the heathen know. Then thousand years to sing his praise bright shining as the sun while lost men suffer Endless days, their torment never done. Since grace has meant so much to me, what would it mean to them? So I'll give myself, O Lord, to thee to bring thy grace to them. I think that's pretty touching. That smites my spirit, doesn't you? Amen. And it reminds me that the primary motivator for what you and I are called to do in our commitment, whether it be the missionary that's going or rather God's asking you to give, and I'm fixing to touch those three things real quickly. Um, it's not too much to ask when you consider how good he's been Amen. just in saving us. Amen. I'm not going to hell. Amen. I'm not lost anymore. Amen. Heaven is going to be my home. Amen? And so it's important. Well, I ask you to turn to, and I did not turn there, but Second Corinthians chapter number 10 I was thinking I want to mention three things real quickly, and I call it three faces of missions. And I would have started with you as I did early, I think, Wednesday night even, in Mark's gospel, chapter 16, verse 15, where John Mark said, or Jesus has said, He said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. There's some faces of missions that we need to be identified with and understand. Number one, we could not have missions if we did not have a missionary that's willing to go. Amen? We could sit here and take up money and have piles of funds, bank accounts piled up. But if we didn't have some men that would give their lives, even hazard their lives, leave what they know and go to that foreign field um, and do the work that God's called them to do, You and I couldn't have a mission program. Amen. And I'm going to tell you something else. That's sort of, that's a broad stroke. We couldn't have a mission program. But the particulars of that is you and I could not fulfill the commission. You see, God gave us a job to do going to all the world, but we cannot do it alone. So we're going to have to have, we're going to have to grab hands with somebody and partner with them. And it needs, we need somebody Who's willing to go? Thank God for men that are willing to go. Well, where do they go? I ask you to turn to 2 Corinthians 10, and there's a lot here I'd like to read to you, but I I want to just read one verse. Paul said in his mission endeavors, verse 16, he's going to preach the gospel in the regions beyond you. So I want you to write down number one, the missionary goes to an unthinkable people. And I mean by that, we get comfortable in our Local environment, but there is a world beyond um, Sumter County. There is a world beyond America's or Plains or Ellaville. There is a world beyond Georgia, um, and even in our United States, there's massive amounts of our nation that are still desperately in need of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And take you to towns with a hundred thousand people and one, maybe two, fundamental churches, and a hundred thousand people. Well, I was honest, they're not I mean, I think about B-Salt and you you I would recommend that if you ever want to do a little research, you look at B-Salt's website. I understand that uh that that our brothers in the process of trying to update some of the information he's got on there. It's become a little dated. But but B-Salt has tracked counties across the United States and ranked them in I guess you would say in their need of the gospel. Now that's a poor choice of words, but but what he does is you know he determines how many quote unquote fundamental churches he can identify in that county. Then he takes the population and they consider it to be evangelized if they have one. Now listen, this is the he's got to have something to work with, but he considers it to be evangelized if he has one fundamental Bible preaching church per ten thousand. Of the population, all right, and so it's just a starting point. But can I ask a question? Will Lighthouse Baptist Church reach ten thousand people in this county, or in this surrounding area in Georgia? You can go seven feet and cross a county line. We only have one hundred and fifty-nine of them. Amen. Literally, <laughs> we probably won't. My home church is not, and we're in a densely populated area. And it doesn't matter how active we are in a visitation program or an outreach effort. The chances that we can identify, that a chance that we can really try to reach effectively 10,000 people is, is difficult. But that's the threshold that he uses. And even with that, you'd be surprised to learn how many counties and communities, even in the southeastern United States, are yet to be evangelized. There's much work to be done. And we have to think about an unthinkable people, people we never thought about that are beyond us that need the gospel, whether it be 128 million people in the nation of Japan or 500,000 people in the greater Dundee, four-far area in Scotland. we got to think about an unthinkable people. Look in Romans 15. I'll try to hurry now. Romans chapter number 15, verse number 20. sword drill time amen maybe that's the way i ought to do this sometimes it hurt us i was preaching in peru one time and we had to go catch a plane and i said preacher are you sure and he said oh yeah we'll speed it up you give the reference and i'll have boys stand up and read it out of the, in spanish i said okay that's what we did romans 15 verse number 20 the bible said this is paul speaking again about his missionary endeavors he said yea So have I strived to preach the gospel. Now notice this expression, not where Christ was named. So I I think about an unthinkable people. There's people beyond us. But then number two, I think about an untold people. The name of Christ has never been given. They've not rejected Christ. They've never heard of Christ. And so it's our duty, it's our opportunity to go tell somebody else. One more, Acts chapter 18 Acts chapter 18, all those can be developed, but I'm just going to run through them. Acts chapter 18, verse 6. Paul is in Corinth, and he's been dealing with the Jews in Corinth, but this is what he said. And when they opposed themselves and blasphemed, he shook his raiment and said unto them, Your blood be on your own heads, I am clean. And then he said, From henceforth, I will go unto the Gentiles." Now, I mentioned an unthinkable people, somebody in the regions beyond us, an untold people where the name of Christ has never been given. What about an untouchable people? I'm just going to be blunt about it. That crowd, Paul didn't want to go talk to. He's a Jew's Jew, probably a member of the Sanhedrin court, educated. (laughs) Wow. Now he's got to go to those dogs. And your missionaries and... And those who give the gospel go to people that nobody else wants to be around. Yes, rather it be a Tommy Tillman that went to the leper colonies of Thailand or rather it be somebody that goes to an inner city, or rather it goes to a country where there's no hygiene or there's no, 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 no um, containment of disease and all that kind of stuff. People will get their hands dirty. Trying to give others the gospel. So there's untold people, untouchable people, and unthinkable people, but missionaries go. Number two, members have to give. You see, we couldn't have missions if we didn't have a man that was going, but number two, we couldn't have missions if we don't have members. And I use that word because it's members of the body of Christ, identified as members of local churches. That fund, mission endeavors. We don't stand on the corner and collect like the Shriners do for burnt children or empty stocking funds. Yes, it's our duty. We're the ones that know the truth. And as that, we need to give. Now, I'm not going to track a lot of references, but I want to give you three thoughts about your giving. Number one, if we're going to do mission giving, it needs to be systematic. Amen. All right? So so let me just bring something into bar, par right quick with you. Number one... Think about the regularity of your bills and your own commitments, okay? If you have a house note, mortgage, it comes to you every month. Um, if you have an electric, <laughs> I hope you do, if you have electricity, um, that bill comes in every month, right? If you have a car finance, the bill comes in every month. And it doesn't matter if you've had a good month or a bad month, the bill's still there. It doesn't matter if you had a couple of weeks off work or, or or work's full blow or bore. You still got the bills. And then there's these other amazing things. You get hungry. <laughs> you know, you actually want to go to the grocery store and buy food. And your gar your car it needs gas. It's the oddest thing. It just doesn't run on water. And I, I I say that because you know that. But I'm I'm trying to ask you to consider the regularity of those expenses. And that same regularity of expenses occurs on the mission field. Your missionaries have those expenses regularly, just like you do. They have to pay the rent on their house. They have to put gas in their car. Their kids actually want to eat. It's an odd thing, you know? And, uh, so, I mean, you got all those things. I got to ask a question. This is, I'll lead into the question and answer session. Miss Rebecca, well, your grocery bill will be a lot less this time in Scotland than it was last time, even, won't it? You won't have you won't have Thomas, and so. I don't know, eats a lot. Oh, throw her under the bus right there. That's what I was looking for. Nothing like mom to throw him under the bus. Amen. Amen. Uh, no, I, I happen to know their son, who is now married, and, and will not be returning to Scotland with him. So, uh, those regularity of expenses require regularity of income. And this is carnal, but it's the only way I know to describe it. When you partner with your missionaries, you send them to do a job. And just like you go do your job, you expect to get paid for your job. I do not think it's wrong for your missionary to expect the income to be consistent and faithful. It's just like a job, and it's their paycheck, and it's how they pay their bills. And I trust that you and I will learn that giving must be systematic. First day of the week, Paul talks about First Corinthians 61. Number two, I'm reminded that members' giving will supply and in that, the mission is supplied. Go reach the world with the gospel, and the individual ministry is supplied. They can actually have the needed resources to start the church that God has called them to do. Lastly, members' giving satisfies their satisfaction in giving. Why? Number one, because through your giving men get saved. Hallelujah. Amen. When John Williams posted pictures of baptizing that lady, they think's probably over 80 years of age, because she got saved, Lighthouse Baptist Church should be satisfied. It's paying off. Amen. The investment is satisfying because men get saved. Number two, not only are men saved, but our master is satisfied with our giving. It's our way of being obedient to what he asked us to do. And he is satisfied when we do that. Amen. I believe the Lord exhibited his expression of gratification and satisfaction when he watched that widow put her might in. And when he looks at us and we do what he asked us to do in our giving, he is satisfied. And then I'm not to tell you this. Members can be supplied. That's you and me. When we give. God's going to take care of us. The Bible said, Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. shaken down, pressed together and running over. Shall men give unto your bosom. And God will meet your need when you're obedient to his directions. And so I encourage you to think about your commitment in giving. Lastly, missionaries go, members give. But we couldn't have missions if we didn't have a master that grows. You see, you can't save sinners, but he can. You cannot sustain missionaries or secure missionaries, but he can. To be honest, you can't even supply your own church, but he can. He is the force that takes the giving of the member and the going of the missionary and brings them together. Why? For his glory. Amen.